And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, I just had to get in an episode before the weekend, and uh, we're recording this thing on Friday morning. Yesterday, the big news came out that Bradley Beal, he of 2020 All-Star snubbery, so basketball Twitter reminds me all the time is leading all all-star guards in the NBA fan vote that the league just released. So Bradley Beal has more all-star votes right now from the fans than any other guard in the Eastern Conference. Kyrie Irving is second. If the voting ended just like this, he would be the leader in the clubhouse for starting the all-star game, not just making the all-star team, but actually starting. And I feel like... With the amount that you end up talking about Bradley Beal in relation to the All-Star game when you're uh, Wizards adjacent, that we have to lead the pod talking about this. And and on the pod, uh, for, first time on in, in kind of a while, uh, but many time guest, longtime friend, and sometime producer, Andrew Schlecht. Let's let's talk All-Star. Let's talk about the unnecessary game that even LeBron James <laughs> says. What is happening? Why is this happening? Here's the thing. The All-Star, like, the let's say the world is normal. Pandemic is completely over, right? Yep. Un- undebatedly over. They tell us no masks, no social distancing. In fact, embrace people. Just walk up to people on the street and, and lick the sides of their faces. Like, you're, <laughs> you're fine. Do that. There's not even bacteria anymore. Bacteria has been cured. Viruses are gone forever. You can't even get a computer virus. It's just, they're all gone. The All-Star game is still kind of unnecessary. Oh, of course. It's the worst part of All-Star weekend. It is. I mean, last year was fun, though. Was it not? I mean, yes, but it, it's it's always unexpectedly fun. Whenever it's, Last yes. year was incredibly fun. It was incredibly it was. fun. But whenever it happens, people are like, oh, that's it. It's always like, oh, that's a nice bonus on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've I've been out on the All Star Game for a long time. It used to be as a kid, I'd get very excited about it. I was always very excited for All Star Weekend as a kid. Uh, the older I get, uh, the more curmudgeon-y I get about the All Star Game, especially Sunday night. But you know, I'm not. I did not think I would see these quotes from LeBron James. Bill Orm tweeted this out last night. He said that there is zero energy and zero interest in an all-star game this year. He calls it a slap in the face after the league says they weren't going to have one. And then he says, quote, I don't even know why we're having an all-star game. I just, I mean, the slap in the face thing was like, whoa, okay. You know, to say, and a lot of guys are saying that they think it's unnecessary, yada, yada. But like to say it's a slap in the face is kind of, oh, like that's uh, LeBron's face is not the one you want to slap NBA. Like that's very odd. <laughs> and De- De'Aaron Fox called it. What was his quote? De'Aaron Fox said had a very aggressive quote. Also, yeah, he did. He I called can't. it. He called it stupid. I think. Yeah. Um, I, it's. I mean, I don't think De'Aaron Fox is really going to have to worry that much about it. I was. Gonna, I was going to say he may think it's. He can say whatever he wants. He's not going to. Although be that sounds that sounds like a hit. I I love De'Aaron Fox. I just don't think he's going to make the All Star team. No, I think De'Aaron, no, Fo- De'Aaron Fox is a wonderful player. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just it's it's ridiculous. It's 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 ridiculous to add this so last second, and so much of this season has clearly just been made up on the go. I mean, mm-hmm. so. Think about how many new COVID policies and how many new social oh, distancing protocols and all of that stuff that they've implemented after the season started. Yeah. They've they've made up so much of this stuff on the go. And to say they're not having an all-star game, then go back on it, have an all-star game, and just bring a bunch of people who you are trying 
they, they don't even allow players to hug after games now, right? Yeah. And so now you're just going to bring a bunch of them from different cities and the people who work with them, because you know as well as I do with the All-Star game, it's not just the players. You know, you need a PR person to coordinate their interviews. They need team officials to come there and help them with stuff. There are people there, and I understand it's not going to be the event that it was in the past. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it requires people from all over the league coming down there, being in one building together, being in one area together. And the players who you're saying can't hug each other and shake hands after games, after they just played a basketball game against each other, you're now you're now bringing, you know, a bunch from the Eastern Conference and a bunch from the Western Conference into their same locker room. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, it's it would be crazy. And let's say there is something that happens where one guy ends up having it, it goes undetected. Imagine quarantining all the best players in the NBA for two weeks from the league after all after the All Star game. I mean, it's not an impossible thing. That could that could happen, uh, and right. that would be just wild. It's just like every like it's like like Space Jam in real life, where all the good players are basically taken away from the NBA. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the reason they're doing it is because of money. Yeah, but the that's the risk to me is huge. It's a huge. It is a huge risk, and there, I don't know. I have not heard one person be like, you know what. I'm really glad there's going to be an all-star game this year. I was really looking forward to it. It was going to really ruin my 2021 if there wasn't an all-star game. I've heard no one argue in favor of it. So you know what LeBron should do? He said he'll be there, uh, you know, in, in he'll be there physically but not mentally or whatever. Mm-hmm. Here's what he should do. LeBron is the leader in the Western Conference right now for votes, which means if he gets the most votes – then he's going to be the captain, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he should just throw the draft. Are they doing? I heard they're not doing the draft. Oh, they're not doing the draft. You're right. Yeah. Because LeBron, so LeBron can't throw it. No, he can't. Hey, and so they made it worse. The draft is the best part of All Star. It's the only part that I really care about. Seeing it's, seeing Giannis and LeBron get on TNT and do the draft is the best part of the All Star game. Well, and, and this year it would be. If the voting continues to go like it has, it would be Durant and LeBron, which I think would be really fun. Durant Durant would say some stuff. He would. Oh, he'd definitely say some stuff. Durant is also incredible at talking just like the nitty gritty of basketball. Yeah. So hey, he'd say, he'd say how, something how, smart too. He would. And how about Kevin being the top vote getter of everybody? I mean, I didn't. I honestly didn't see that coming. He might be the MVP. He, he might be. If they can learn to play some defense, then he might be the MVP. He, I mean, he's been fine defensively. They just stink. They stink. He's still a good defender. Yeah. Oh, he has to do everything. He's the best defender on their team. Yeah. I, no, it's not. I think he's yeah. been, he's right up there for it. Like, he's, he's, him, LeBron, Jokic, and Embiid are the top four for MVP right now. Yeah, I think that's right. And I'm not sure who number one is. Anyway, can we talk? Want to talk Bradley Beal? Let's talk Bradley Beal. All right, so Bradley Beal has one point, a little less than 1.3 million votes. He has about 180,000 more votes than second place Kyrie Irving. Russell Westbrook, by the way, has the ninth most votes amongst Eastern Mm -hmm. Conference guards. If, if... The game were to go right now, and and remember, something to remember on this is Beal being the leader in the clubhouse amongst the fan vote does not make him, it makes him more likely to be a starter in the All-Star game, certainly, but if you finish top two, you don't get in. Remember, they changed it. So the fan vote makes up 50% of the vote. Then there's a media vote where they pick on, I think, 100 media members. I think mm-hmm. the awards voting is 100. I think this is 100 media members as well. They pick 100 or so media members. That makes up 25% of the vote. And then there's the player vote where all the players vote on the players. And that makes the other 25% of the vote. Mm-hmm. So this is only 50% of the vote. But... That's the largest chunk out of these three. It's yep. the most important one that you can get. And Beal is at 
a shade under 1.3 million right now. If it were to go off the fan vote, the starters would be Beal and Kyrie in the east front, in the east backcourt, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Embiid in the front court. Uh, in the West, it would be LeBron, Jokic, and Kawhi in the front court, and then Curry and Luka Doncic in the back court. Mm-hmm. Um, what what do we th- what do you think about Beal leading right now? I think he's got a good chance to start actually, uh, for a few reasons. Uh, to me, the only other real candidate to start is Jalen Brown. Probably, uh, I, th- I think all the James Harden antics will knock him down a peg. I think he still makes the All Star team, but I don't. I don't know that he'll get the nod to start, uh, just because I don't. I don't know that people will will be on with him. But Jalen Brown's the only other one, and he has half the votes that Beal does. Uh, and I I just don't think he's going to be in the top top two, uh, and so I think that hurts quite a bit to get him as a starter. And then everybody else, it's like, I don't think Trey Young is going to do it this year. Zach Levine's another guy that's got a lot of votes. He's been good. Colin Sexton. Der- Derek Rose, for some reason, still pulls votes, <laughs> which is wild to me. I mean, Derek he would Rose be, will always get votes. He does. He would be sixth among, West, among Western Conference guards, which is wild to me. Uh, more votes than Devin Booker, Derek Rose. It's crazy. Is, it is so wild. But he I do think that Beal has a good chance votes. to start. Yeah, yeah he will. me too. There, there's also the way, I don't know the breakdown of how much how much of this comes from just like Twitter voting, mm-hmm. which is when you can tweet out the person that you want to vote for and throw in the proper hashtag and you get your votes and all the retweets happen. And, you know, like if Justin Bieber votes for you for the All-Star game, then you're winning the All-Star game. I don't right. get, I don't get why these players don't just like hit up Katy Perry constantly and be like, please just vote for me one time for an all-star on Twitter. I beg you, I will start. And that's all you have to do. Everyone retweet it. By the way, the greatest all-star vote for Bradley Beal came from Marching Gortat, who tweeted out yesterday, Brad Beal, hashtag NBA all-star at Real Deal Beal 23. It's nice former teammate voting yeah. for his his former guy. They're friends, um, but he spelled it bread Beal, which I, <laughs> <laughs> which I I don't know why I find it so funny. And all the replies are just people making jokes about bread, bread. and <laughs> bread <laughs> including Beal. the Washington Wizards official account, which just responded with an emoji of a baguette. Yes, uh, <laughs> I mean it's. It's it's really great. So that's like uh, you know, got seven hundred and twenty retweets. Should have gotten more, by the way. Oh yeah, got seven hundred twenty retweets, and and I don't think any of the votes count, right? Because he said bread Beal, <laughs> although he did put his handle, so maybe it does. Maybe maybe he snuck it in because he put the handle. Uh, hey, Wizards fans, let's uh, let's get bread Beal on the list. Let's get yeah. Bradley Beal and bread Beal on the list so, for next round. So Brad Beal got 1.3 million and bread Beal got about, got about <laughs> 700. Uh, anyway, when you go to the website, it lists the candidates, not in alphabetical order, but mm-hmm. by, by the scoring leaders. Yeah. And that is a huge advantage to bread Beal. <laughs> that helps bread quite a bit. Also, by the way, helps uh, Kevin Durant because it, yeah. Kevin Durant is second in scoring and could be a reason why Durant is first. Durant is incredibly deserving to be first, and he's Kevin freaking Durant. But mm-hmm. you know, it could be a re- could have gotten him a couple extra votes there too. You know, when you just look at the stuff, it's it's basically telling you if you're a very casual fan, it's basically telling you, okay, here is the most important thing. Here are the scoring leaders. Go by that. And even if that's not how you interpret it, uh, it's just putting the most prominent people right up there. It's just giving you people to see as opposed to looking at something in alphabetical order so that you see, I don't know, who the hell is it? Who's first in the NBA alphabetically? Uh, it's not Alex Sabrinas anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure who it is. Carmelo Anthony? <laughs> Man, uh, Precious Achua is number one. Oh, is the the first Precious one. Precious Achua. 
Okay. Yeah. See, normally Precious Achua would be getting some stray votes. <laughs> right. But, but you have but to me, I I think there's definitely a flaw in this method because yeah, you, you look at it and you're like you look at Bradley Beale's stats, you're like thirty four point eight points per game. How could you not vote him? Then you just have to click on him. But otherwise, I don't know if you get a lot of votes. Like voting is up this year, and I think this is I think this is part of why because it's so easy to do it. And yes, you're gonna have some skew here and there, but you're also just gonna get a lot more votes in. Uh, which I think the NBA likes. Yeah. The NBA basically just hired Stacey Abrams for their all-star. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is list the candidates in Georgia by scoring leaders, and you're good to go. <laughs> I I haven't decided. I, I'm one of the media members who has a vote. Mm-hmm. I forget when it's due. I should probably know the answer to that, considering I'm one of the media members who has a vote, and I actually have to send it in on time. But I forget when it's due. It's due sometime. I don't know. I haven't decided who I'm voting for. I, I struggle to vote for Harden. I'll tell you that much. Like, yeah. He he openly kind of tanked the team. Mm-hmm. And and to me, it's not a it's not a principal punishment thing. It's not a uh, he gets penalized because he openly tanked the team. It's not a moral thing. It's just it when I look at the other candidates who could be there for All-Star, for example, Beal, for example, Jalen Brown, uh, for example, Kyrie Irving, who has been, there's been so much drama around Kyrie this year, but my, oh my goodness, he's been outrageous this year. He's been so good. Oh my God, he's been insane this year. But even if you look at the other guys, even if you go down to like, like I'm probably not voting for Zach Levine for All-Star, but let's go to Zach Levine. Zach Levine's Mm -hmm. having a great year. He's having the best year of his career. Mm-hmm. He's he's I think he's close to 50 40 90 right now. He's yeah, having he is. he's having an un, and and like at like 27 points game. Like he's having <laughs> an unbelievable year and he's going out and he's balling every night. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really hard for me to come around on the idea cuz the All-Star game is about production. It's about how much I don't believe and you can check my award voting history for this by the way. I don't really take into account how many total wins your teams have. I I take into account how much I believe you help your team win. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think those are two different things. Um, Because ultimately, if you're not helping your team win, then it's it's not a good basketball trait. None of the other stuff matters. And I find it difficult to come around to the idea that a guy who openly tanked a team for X number of games – actually helped his team win the most or the second most of any guard in the conference, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as great Harden. I mean, so much has been made of Harden shooting less in Brooklyn, but he's been amazing. I mean, he's, he's passing on, his passing has been insane. The way he's facilitated the offense is unbelievable. He's, he's running what's going to end up as the greatest or one of the greatest offenses of all time. Yeah. Period. And so much of that is because of him and the way he runs it. He's been incredible. But in terms of just voting for All-Star, I find it hard to come around on the on that idea that he tanked a team for a little while. And to me, that just like lowers his aggregate production from the season. Right. Is that how, how, do, how do you fall on this? I think it's totally fair. I think it's absolutely fair. I mean, when you compare him to other guys, even Trey Young, who hasn't. He's had a great season, actually, but like the team hasn't performed the way that we had hoped that they would. I, to me, they're they're more deserved. Even Colin Sexton, like I would rather, I'd probably rather vote for Colin Sexton than James Harden so far this season, just because I think it's totally fair to. I mean, he was openly, and he doesn't send out a ton of Instagram posts, but sending out Instagram posts of him in clubs when they were saying, hey, you probably should go to clubs. He's like, you know what? I'm probably going to go to the club. (laughs) And he posts pictures about it and is saying like, yeah, trade me. Get me out of here. And it's okay. All right, man. Cool. Maybe he still likes the all-star game, but you know, it's similar to Jimmy Butler in Minnesota whenever he (laughs) had just the most open fit about playing there. And decide, you know, just decide, yeah, I'm going to get myself traded, and then I'm going to go on national television to talk about it. Uh, it it was that kind of thing, 
and he didn't make the all-star team that year. And I don't think that James Harden deserves to be the starter for this team. And you know, he'll be probably back on the list next year. And the thing, also the thing about the East is that there's no clear cut guy in like the top eight where you'd say, yes, absolutely. If you don't have this guy on your list, you're an idiot. Like, is there's, is there one of those guys? No, no, there's not. You, you mean in terms of the guards in the East? In terms of the guards, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the guys who are under consideration for me, it's really four guys who are under consideration for me. And it's the top four on the list. It's mm-hmm. Beal is number one right now, Kyrie is number two, Harden's number three, and Jalen Brown is number four. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown has been absolutely spectacular this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, by the Both way... Ends. I mean, he's been the best player on the Celtics. He has. He's been better than Tatum this year. And it's not like Tatum has fallen off. Jalen Brown has gotten that good. I mean, Mm -hmm. he, I think, I think right now I'd vote for Jeremy Grant for most improved player. But, but Jalen Brown has, has a great take. I mean, has a great case. I mean, he, Mm -hmm. he has been absolutely unbelievable with how complete of a scorer he is now on top of everything else. The evolution of his game is is amazing and he's a he's a wonderful defensive player too. Yeah. So he he has been great and has a great case for all the stuff that we just said about James Harden. Mhm. I mean the, the the dude is James Harden and he's playing like James Harden. Stylistically mm-hmm. he's playing differently than the James Harden we saw. He's playing just as well. Yeah, he's he's been amazing. And even after coming back from and, you know, being out of shape and eventually playing in Houston and all that stuff, it's like the the guy comes back and has whatever it was, 44 and 17 in his first game. And yeah, it's just the whole level. And Kyrie has been Kyrie has been incredible. And Mm -hmm. and the stuff with him missing games for personal issues early in the year is just like, you know, I don't consider it. I'm anticipating somebody saying. Well, how could you vote for Kyrie if you if you um you know, if you penalize Harden, why don't you penalize Kyrie? Uh I don't know the details of the Kyrie situation. I don't think anybody does, and I'm not going to do that based on an assumption. Yeah, it's a little bit more muddy. Certainly. It's it's way more muddy. With James Harden, it's the guy is openly tanking a team. With mm. with Kyrie, it's just I I don't really know what happened. Nobody really knows what happened. And you can assume the worst or you can just say, I don't know mm-hmm. and, and move on with it. So, so to me, those are the equivalent of just missed games, which factor in. Yep. I mean, that totally factors in and, yep. and Kyrie going to a, uh, <laughs> to a maskless party was not the greatest idea in it's human not, history either. It's not a good decision. Just find um, out not a good decision. Right. But I'm not penalizing the dude for lack of social distancing. Again, this is not a, it's not a, I want to make it clear. It's not a penalty thing. It's just like a, you're evaluated on the overall body of your production. Yeah. Um, I think it's absolutely a penalty in my book. <laughs> absolutely penalized. I think James Harden should be penalized for his decision making. And, you know, that we, to a degree, we are all penalized for our decision making. And you know we all have to pay the price. And God, you're Jim getting Harden deep as hell. Is going to pay the price. <laughs> getting really deep. Yeah, it's not a penalty <laughs> for me. We're we're in agreement on our final result, basically, but not in agreement on our process to how we got there. Because mm-hmm. it's not really a penalty for me. I don't. I'm not for moralizing the All Star game. That's too. That's that's just too difficult a, a process for me. Sure. And I can I can say it all I want because I don't have a vote, and so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter Speaking, what I say. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Speaking of, of, of moralizing the All-Star game, when was the last time, I guess now the Wizards have the second worst record in the East after no. they beat Miami on Wednesday, but when was the last time that a guy who got the most votes at a position had came from the worst team in the, in the conference. <laughs> That's a wonderful question. I, I have no clue. That is pretty crazy though. Yeah. I mean, it really shows, it shows two things. It shows number one, how great Beal has been this year. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. We haven't really said that yet. <laughs> He's, He's been He's incredible been this year. Yeah, yeah. He's been absolutely amazing this year. Um, it's 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 unbelievable that every single year he comes back and is better. Mm-hmm. Like he's better this year than he was last year. He is he is legit better, and it's amazing because you know I didn't really expect this, mostly because Brad. Barely worked out this offseason. Hmm. And when I say barely worked out, he's got a gym in his home. He's doing stuff in his home. Like he's got a half court in yeah. in his home. So he's he's literally doing stuff. It wasn't like a Berton situation where he mm-hmm. just didn't play. Uh but his workout, off-season workout regimen was very different than it is in other off-seasons because of the way the world is. So he had he had a shoulder injury. And you basically rested the shoulder for a few months. And that was all medical, all medical reasons for that on why he rested the shoulder. And he assumed that the season was going to be starting in February or March. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to get into his offseason routine and then be like, well, the season's not starting. So let's just continue this routine for two months and exhaust himself because he goes through pretty intensive offseason workouts. And then just be exhausted when the season started because he's been going through the crazy workouts. So... He just figured he was going to start late, and he started with his trainer, Drew Hanlon, like the second week in November. Uh, the problem was, then they announced the season starting, and he was like, mm-hmm. oh, crap, <laughs> I, I've got like three weeks to get in shape for this. And so like the first preseason game, second preseason game, he rests, he's on minutes restrictions, because uh, his ramp-up period would just happen to happen so much quicker. And, and I just kind of assumed, given those circumstances, and that's a thing that's just like, it's just not his fault. He, he, he had, his reasoning was was reasonable, you know? Mm-hmm. It was There was logic mm-hmm. to it. It's, it's just the way of the world and the NBA rushing the season, which surprised everybody. Nobody saw that coming. No one. Yeah. No one even in the league office, and those are the people who made the decision, saw that coming. But I assumed, okay, slow start for Beal. Meanwhile, 17 consecutive games to start the season, he scored 25 plus, which is literally, and no one has done that since Will Chamberlain. Um, or sorry, no one has done that since Rick Barry. Okay. Will Chamberlain. That is, yeah. That is a that is a wild thing for he, for anybody to do. And there's been great scores, obviously, tons of great scores since then. I know Durant had a streak of 20 plus uh, when he was with OKC. But twenty, I mean, twenty-five points is not an easy number to consistently get to. I mean, you can just look across the board, and even the guys that are, you know, fighting to get into the All-Star game, there aren't that many of them that even score twenty-five points a game. Yep, no, that's true. Can I can I say something? I asked Brad about it after the game yeah. the other night because because he he broke the longest streak since the NBA ABA merger to begin mm-hmm. a season of 25 plus points was Michael Jordan at 16. And he hmm. he broke Michael Jordan's record. So I asked him like what's the re- what is your reaction when you you break a Michael Jordan record? Um he said it's pretty cool. It's a remarkable achievement which which I I would love to be able to just do something at work and then get asked about it and be like, yeah, it's a remarkable achievement. Uh, what what I have done. It's not something it's, you always shoot for, but it's amazing to just hear those stats that we come up with in our game. And then he said, to pass him, it's always a great feeling. 
I I agree. It's it is <laughs> passing Michael Jordan is always a great feeling. It's great because he he did not mean it as as it reads. And when you see uh-huh. him say it, it's it all comes off as very humble and uh-huh. you know, he says it means a lot and you know, it felt better to get a team win and all that and it, mm-hmm. but it reads to pass him it's always a great feeling is the magic of how a quote can look in print when it doesn't come off that way when he says it. Right. As if I am consistently passing Michael Jordan in so many things, it always feels good to me. Yeah, you know, to to be able to hit 280 in the minor leagues, which was better than Michael Jordan, is always a great... Right. That should be a quote from so many baseball players. That would yeah. be that is, would right. be just perfect. Yeah. Every baseball player who gets promoted to triple A. Right. Has to say that to his double A manager. <laughs> so it should be a thing. That should be a thing. So Beal right now, thirty four point eight points a game. Um, he leads the league in usage rate with a thirty seven point four usage rate, uh, according to Basketball Reference. Meanwhile, his efficiency is wildly high. He's got the second best yeah. true shooting percentage of his career, fifty nine point five percent true shooting, in part because he's just excellent at getting to the free throw line now mm-hmm. and he's a better free throw shooter than he's ever been he used to be a weirdly not not a bad free throw shooter but a weirdly not great free throw shooter and you yeah, watch the 70s play. which is odd yeah it was always weird to see bradley beal shoot 78 you kind mm-hmm. of felt like he should be a guy like 85 is an excellent percentage but yes. you always felt like he he should be a guy who's 85 88 right. And this year he's 87, last year he was 84, the year before he was 81. So it's it's steadily climbed. And before that, he was consistently 79, 79, 78, 77, you know? Mm-hmm. He had one year in the 80s. But he's he's just kind of better in all of the nitpicked ways. The the effective field goal percentage is is 54%, which is above league average. Uh he's he's 49 from the field, 36 from three. He's he's 54% on twos, which is excellent for a guard. Yeah. I mean, he's a three-level scorer. His his mid-range shooting, by the way, this year has been totally and completely outrageous to the point that I feel like it has to fall off. But maybe it doesn't. Maybe he's just going to have a completely insane mid-range shooting season. So he's he's shooting 48% on long twos right now. Yeah, he's fifty two percent on from ten to sixteen feet. That's an in, that's an incredible number. Yeah, those are both unbelievable numbers. I mean, you kind of look at those and you think that's got to come down some because yeah, for his career, he's forty three percent from ten to sixteen. Right, and he's forty percent on long twos. Um, so so you you look at that and you think that's got to come down some, mm-hmm. but then you also. But like the thought also comes across my mind of sometimes really great players just have unbelievable seasons and they just keep Mm -hmm. it up for 82 games and it's not in line with their career numbers and it's not in line with what the logic tells you about regression. Sometimes a great player he's who gets better every year and is still only 27 years old and is in his prime just has an outlier, unbelievable season that's just atop everything else. And I don't think, I wouldn't predict Beal is going to end at 48% on long twos because that's that's a crazy number with the amount, with the number that he takes too. I mean, he takes a bunch of them. Yeah. It's a, it's and and the difficulty. It's not exactly like he's taking uh, you know, Chris Bosh spot ups off of pick and pops, you know. Right. These are these are like all step backs at 19 feet off the dribble, you know, mm-hmm. late in the shot clock. These are these are ridiculously difficult shots that that aren't off balance because he maintains his balance so well, but but should be off balance, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't think he'll finish at 48, but like he can shoot 45 from mid range for a year. Like he can yeah. do this. Chris Middleton does it. He does. Well, and his overall percentage may end up staying around the same because he's not shooting as well around the rim this mm-hmm. year. And so I think that will certainly... I mean, he's only, what is he, 58% around the rim? And he's usually in the mid to high 60s? Yeah, it's actually a career low. Yeah, 
he could, I mean, to me, that will balance out. And he may end up shooting around the same percentage, even if the twos come down, which it, it does seem unsustainable. Yeah. But it's, you know what? It's still incredible to hold that up over 17 games. It is. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. These are, I mean, to me, all this is are, are reasons why he should be the starter. One, there's no drama around Bradley Beal. It's, it's in fact the opposite where he's saying, you know what? Yeah, everybody's saying that I should be traded. And he, and he could. I mean, if he was the average NBA star... We would be having a conversation about him wanting out and field destinations. We're doing that anyways. You know, everybody's doing that anyways. But it's not because of him and it's not because of the Wizards. It's he he wants to he wants to stay. He wants to be a part of this. And to me, that that kind of stuff, not that we should penalize guys for being idiots off the court and we shouldn't reward guys for saying stuff like this. But I do think that that is part of the voting as well. It's like, oh man, great. You know, Bradley Beal, great guy. And it's saying like, people feel that way about Lillard. People have felt that way about Dirk Nowitzki and Reggie Miller and all these players that have decided to stick in one spot. Curry. I think you just, you just gained Curry. You gain more favor just around the NBA community. If you're somebody that wants to stick it out and stay and go through rough patches and be okay with that. And, you know, I think to me that should be commended in a league where, I mean, the Nets are really fun, and their offense is very good, but there just becomes a point in it. My friend Alex said this the other day. It's like, Kevin Durant didn't touch the ball for like five possessions. Like, in what world is that okay? <laughs> you know? it's So, to me, I, th- I think that while the Wizards situation obviously is not a great one currently, uh, Beal giving them time to make it a better situation uh, should be commended. It's kind of crazy that Westbrook is ninth on the guard vote in the East, and we just haven't discussed it. Yeah, it's how many votes does he does he have? I mean, he's not going to make it. 000. He has one hundred and thirty-seven thousand, oh. and Kyrie's in second place with one point mm-hmm. one million. He's not getting up there on the fan vote. <laughs> no, no, he won't. I mean, he just this will be the first year since when two thousand nine that he hasn't made it. Is that right? That sounds right. Uh, that would have been... No, I want to say... Yeah, he made it in... No, 2010. Because he made it his third year. Okay. He made it his third year. I mean... In a decade. He's, like he made it for a solid decade. He's not going to make it. No, he won't make Between it. Between his efficiency numbers, the slow start to the year with the left quad, and also the missed games. Because... Yeah, he's not playing on back to backs, or she's not playing right. both games of back to backs. So he has missed already five or six Wizards games so far this year between mm-hmm. the injury and the back to backs. And then on top of that, he's going to miss more. The Wizards have four more back to backs in February, hmm. so he's he's 
if he sits for all of those or for half of all of those, I, you know, phrasing sitting for half of back to backs is such a weird thing. We need just like a common phrase in the NBA vernacular that says this guy sits for the second half of back to backs because sometimes it's the first half of back to backs, too. So it's not even factually accurate. And saying half of a back to back is just a stupid way to phrase it. Half of <laughs> half of two games. Yeah, I'm going to sit for half of these next two games. It's a ridiculous way to phrase it. There's got to just be one word that we use where it's just like this guy sits for one of the two games on a back to back. Anyway, yeah. that one word describes Russell Westbrook. And if they if he sits for four, you know, four more of those, then then that's, you know, that's like 10 games he's going to miss. And aggregate production matters. It, it matters. And, uh, you know, he's got a, I believe he has a career. No, he doesn't have a career low effective field goal percentage anymore. It's, it's, I think it's the lowest since his second year in the league when he would oh, just boy. like, you know, young Westbrook was just an absolute hell of a thing to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, and he used to be kind of unbreakable. Like, oh my God, yeah. He would, it didn't matter what happened. I mean, he literally had a dent in his face. And didn't miss. Did he miss one game? I think maybe he didn't even miss one game. No, he didn't. Because remember, he didn't miss a game until the Patrick Beverly yes. incident. So he didn't. I mean, he didn't miss a game. I wrote about. Well, this, this was after. That was after Patrick Beverly. The dent in his face. Was oh, after was it after? Mm-hmm. So maybe he did miss a game. Yeah, I mean he. Yeah. He didn't miss a game. For he didn't miss a game in all of high school in his two years of college. And in his first five years in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> he and was an even, Iron Man. Even whenever, yeah, he was. And even with those injuries, he always came back early. I was talking about this with somebody from the Thunder the other day. Um, just about the, the current Thunder players. And like they're like, well, if he can be like Westbrook, then he'll play on this day or whatever. You know, it's just like. Yeah, like that's it's such a thing with Russ, and to to see him at this stage of his career not be able to do it, um, I don't know. It's it's you know he's played in the league for a long time. He's logged a ton of minutes, and you know he de- he deserves to have some rest and to be able to take this a little bit slowly. But that's going to cost you an All Star game. He didn't make the All Star team in thirteen fourteen, but that's just due to injury. So obviously, I think he would have made it. Uh, had he been healthy, so right, that was when he was recovering from the knee injury. Mm-hmm. Right, I forgot it was, but he's a he's nine time All Star. It feels like he's there every year. It also feels like like last year. It almost felt like he was All NBA emeritus. You know, right? I I didn't. That vote happens. For him for that happens NBA. all the time. Though. Like that happens almost every year, though. Like how many how many years did Kobe make it where he was certainly not one of the ten or fifteen best yeah, players in the league? Same thing happened with Kobe on all defense too. Yeah, where it, it, Kobe it, making it you, in his prime was obviously well deserved, but you know, mm-hmm. in his latter years, it was the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Westbrook made All NBA last year because of what he did in the previous ten years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the counting numbers were spectacular, but he really struggled at the beginning of the year and turned it on for mm-hmm. two months. I think the Wizards are hoping the same. Th- you know, he has been a slow starter over the last four years. He's really become a yes. slow starter. Yes, because he struggled it out is- the gate. The last couple years in OKC and then got better. Mm-hmm. Struggled, mm-hmm. really struggled out the gate in Houston and then had the biggest flip. Yeah. And this year, really struggled out the gate. He had the quad injury. We really struggled from the beginning of the year. And the last three games, he has looked much better. I mean, he's mm-hmm. getting out in transition. He's getting to the rim. He he looks, he doesn't look like 2016 or 2015 Westbrook, but he. He looks more like 2020 Westbrook. Mm-hmm. So it's something. Anyway. It is something. Anyway, let's wrap this thing up. Wizards of the Heat tonight. Uh, what's the line on that game? Let me check it out on betmgm.com, Fred. <laughs> oh, betmgm.com. Is that a sponsor or something? This is the <laughs> official partner of, of gambling in uh, for the athletic. Yeah, I, ha- I have to hand it to you. This transition has been incredibly seamless. <laughs> no one would ever know that w- it was planned. Is this planned? I didn't. 
No one would ever no one would ever have any idea that my national what's the line on that game, by the way, which I've never asked on the podcast. Is, gonna, is, <laughs> here's a new segment for you. Uh let's see. I'm just getting to the NBA lines. So the Washington Wizards are plus six point five tonight. In Miami. Mm-hmm. In Miami. You know what? The Heat The Heat are disconcerting. They're disconcerting. Yes. yes. They really are. And I keep saying, like, oh, don't worry about the Heat, because the th- I, I covered the Thunder, and I've got the Thunder have the Heat's pick this year. And everybody's always like, oh, are we excited about the Heat pick? I'm like, no, like, don't worry about it. Like, just got to pack that one away until the end of the season. You can't watch it right now. But then you watch them play. I watched them play against the Wizards the other night, and we talked about this. Like, it wasn't a great game. It was just a close game. I thought that was great, a great point by you. And it's just, you watch them play, and they're so frantic. And it looks like they don't really have much of a plan going on, which is a strange thing for an Eric Spolstra team and a team that's played together before. That was It was just odd. I was like, that that doesn't look like the heat. Like, what's going on here? They, they're bottom five in offense right now. That's, that's not good. They need to get back to the bubble. I know. You know, the thing was last year, it's not like they were a great defensive team. They were they weren't even top ten in defense. And then the playoffs came around. And really the bubble came around. Mm-hmm. And they started just playing on a string in every way possible. Like they they were the they were the beautiful basketball team from the mm-hmm. bubble, right? Mm-hmm. They were the team that that outplayed their talent level. And that's why they were kind of the darling team. Uh, and it's weird to see them this year because their greatest strength as a team last year was, you know, if you ask me, what's the greatest strength of the Lakers? I'd say their star power. You'd say, what's the second greatest? I'd say their defense. And if you ask me what the greatest strength of the Heat was last year, I feel like it was something more abstract. It was like it was their it was their cohesion. It was their ability to play on a string and and have this incredible on court. You know, people talk about chemistry, but ultimately chemistry is only important for how it impacts you on the court. And they had this amazing on-court chemistry where they communicated wonderfully defensively and they had these, you know, like seven times a game, they'd have these possessions offensively that that looked like they should be on, you know, they looked like they had a shot at being like Lee Ellis's very solid play of the night, you know? (laughs) And it would happen five to eight times a game where you'd be like, oh, Mm -hmm. that's the one from the night, you know? Uh, And, you know, Dragic Dragic turned it on and and was, was unbelievable and... Um, you know, they, Jimmy Butler's missed time, and I don't think they're this, but like... Well, Tyler Hero, too, was incredible. Incredible. In Orlando and hasn't been so much. I mean, they're they're net, they're 27th in net rating. The Wizards have a better net rating than the Heat, and we're 20 games in. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, eventually, you just kind of are what you are. I don't think they're this, but they just look offensively so much more discombobulated the ball lags they're turning it over it's it's just weird to watch i i feel like they're going to turn it around to a degree but i think so too and the thing about the league this year is there's so many teams in the middle that if they go on a five game win streak then oh all of a sudden no one's worried about them anymore yeah and avery bradley's been good for them and now he's out he's out you know wizards plus six and a half You're taking it? Yeah, Wizards plus six and a half. Why the hell not? Yeah. I, I think you should. I mean, seriously, I what's that, that's the play. No, in all seriousness, what what's what's the downside? I'm literally just saying it. There's really no downside there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think and go to go to betmgm.com and and check out the lines. And if you're in one of the qualified states, uh, make a bet. Put it on the Wizards. Fred said too. Fred said there's no oh, there's no downside here. You're gonna you're gonna get now. Now there are like people who are gonna be. This is. A, do I have to put in the disclaimer? This is not a recommendation. You can do whatever you'd like. All right. This is this is not a recommendation. I know nothing about gambling. So let's talk about gambling in a way that makes me seem like I have an expertise. All right. Subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. If you're not a subscriber and you're just listening to this episode, you can become one by subscribing wherever you happen to be listening to this or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts regularly. Uh, You can leave a review. 
if you'd like on iTunes is always helpful. You can give us five stars. You can leave a written review, which is super helpful. Uh, you can subscribe to The Athletic. Get not just my work, but all the work up there. If you go to theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. Again, that's a full subscription to The Athletic. So you get your baseball, you get your football, you get your basketball, you just get, you get your hockey, you get everything that you want. I was literally just talking with with some other writers yesterday about how insanely great our baseball staff is. I mean, it's just mm. it's I've said it on the podcast before. Our 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 national baseball team and many of our beat writers, it's just crazy how amazing our baseball coverage is. So if you're a baseball fan, go get it. I guess I should boost up some of my colleagues too who do a great job. Our basketball yeah. coverage is is amazing. It's crazy to be a part of this basketball this this team of basketball writers. So if you want to subscribe and you're on the fence or something, you can go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and get a full subscription to The Athletic. I will be back with another episode probably probably early next week, I'd say. I imagine I'll be yeah. having Standig on. He's basically just doing a weekly spot now. Uh, hey, Fred, the, the, you can get The Athletic at that URL for $3.99 a month. Oh, for $3.99 a month. Thanks, producer. It's an incredible. It's honestly an incredible deal. Find me something better. For three ninety nine, that's your challenge. See if you can find anything better. I bet you can. I could place a three dollar and ninety eight bet on the Wizards plus six and a half, <laughs> and then you can buy a subscription to the Athletic for more than just yourself. There you go. Go do it. Then you can buy. You take your winnings and you buy a gift subscription too at theathletic.com slash Wizards After Dark. Anyway, I'll be back early next week. I'll talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.